Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, June the 10th, 2018, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, your weekend dose of happy. And we hope you've been having a great weekend. We have too. Um, Louise and I have a well, I can't say we've had a great weekend. We've had a recovering weekend. <laughs> we both have had injuries we've had to deal with. But we are in good recovery. We went out to see a movie and uh, trying to do things just to kind of lay low and let our, let our bodies heal from some injuries. But, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a nice Sunday in particular. And uh, we're just sitting back and enjoying and getting ready to do a show with you. So, David, how are you doing? How was your weekend? It was good. What movie did you go see? We went to see Ocean's 8. This is... Uh, oh, how if, was that? I was thinking of seeing that. Yeah, this is the uh, female version of the Oceans, and uh, yeah. s- starring Sandra Bullock as the uh, the lead Ocean, Debbie Ocean. Um, yes. We both agreed the energy isn't as high as it is in the male versions, and that was a uh, little bit of a detriment. Okay. I mean, it was, it was clever. It was a clever script and so forth, and very, very oceanic, <laughs> very, very similar to the <laughs> other kinds of scripts. You know, it had, had its yeah. surprises and so forth. There were even a few... Um, cameo appearances from some of the guys, which was fun. But uh, would yeah. you, what would you give it on like a one to ten scale? Mm, I'd call it a five. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So you can wait for the video, kind of thing. Yeah, you can wait for the video. You don't have to see it in the theater. You, actually, <laughs> you're probably not going to get a chance to see it in the theater because it looks like it's a very short run that it's scheduled for. So, yeah, you might as well wait oh, for cable okay. or the video or something. Okay. In fact, well, Louise was uh, looking at the the show times and said, "I don't see anything after Tuesday." <laughs> so, oh, very really? short run. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to I don't, know how they, I don't know how the movie world works. I know. I guess if it's popular and people keep going, they keep it out. I guess. I well, know. yeah. I mean, Star Wars when it first came out was released to six theaters. That was it. Wow. Six theaters. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And they got a little bit of demand out of that. So they said, well, we'll expand it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hearing some of the um, actors in the Star original Star Wars movie just got like a very low pay, but they got, um, I guess, some points because they couldn't afford like to pay them. Says, oh, we'll take, all right, we'll give you some points each. Ha, ha, ha. Meanwhile, yeah. yeah, which made them all millionaires. <laughs> points. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't. It was not a form, film that was supposed to do well. It was supposed to be something that kind of um, took advantage of of the small but loyal fan base of Star Trek, because Star Trek was really the only other major um, science fiction thing at the time. And so they figured, okay, well, this yeah. this this will appeal to the Star Trek audience, not realizing that the story and the characterizations they had created were so good that they were just going to become universally. Um, accepted and appealing and exciting, really. I mean, you just excited entire world of imagination. Right, and that it would turn into such a <laughs> a franchise. Oh, know? it's crazy. Yeah, the, the, the latest Star Wars movie was playing in one of the next-door theaters. I think it was it called Solo. I think it's a Ron yeah. Howard one. But, yeah. Yeah. I never thought of it's Ron Howard. They were... I, I was, I was going to say, I never thought of Ron Howard directing a, a Star Wars movie, so I'm not sure how that worked out. I'll have to see that one sometime. <laughs> I know, but I was I was surprised because they were saying it wasn't successful, but yet it had like a four hundred million dollar. <laughs> it took in like four hundred million dollars. I was like, wow, like what what is successful then? Like, I guess I don't know. Well, I think they always start off with uh, what the critics are saying, and the interesting thing is how 
often the critics and the public disagree. You see that particularly on the website RottenTomatoes.com. They really because you, know, you can see yeah. both. They they have meters for both, so so to speak. And it's very common to have a, a movie that does like twenty points better for the audience or twenty points worse. I mean, I've seen some where there are huge divergences. I don't remember what film it was, but there was one film where the critics loved it. I mean, it was like 75, 80% success rate, and the audience thought it was like a 30% success. I mean, it was just way, <laughs> way different. Yeah, and sometimes very, I'll see no. a movie that that was supposed to be amazing or whatever, and I'm, I'm not just alone, like with a few people, and we're all like, really? <laughs> so I don't know. I guess the critics... <laughs> Maybe the critics look for different things than just a general person. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Every critic has his or her own favorite thing that they like to watch, and they're always looking for that in a movie. Um, and I, I suspect a large chunk of that is how well does the current movie in the franchise measure up to the first movies in the franchise? And if, yeah. if it's done yeah. completely differently, then you know most critics aren't going to like that. There are going to be a few who will, who will respect it, and some might even call it out and say, "Hey, that's really brave. That's a great thing that you did there, and it came out well." But a, yeah. a large chunk of them are going to say, oh, "Anybody who's a Star Trek fan is going to be disappointed because it isn't the same," which is what happened with uh, the second, the last one, the uh, uh, the Force Awakens or something like that. That that one got the same uh. kind of of reaction because, well, they killed off Han Solo. You can't kill off Han Solo, but they no, did. I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but but that's exactly what they did. And the, the people who were who who liked the Star Trek formula of of uh, fight scenes, they uh, they right. liked it. They they gave it a good reaction. The people who liked the characterization, oh. they hated it. They thought the characterization sucked. So it just depends on what you know well. the, the critic had in mind, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what what uh, wins did you have this week that you could share? Oh, geez, what happened this week? This week was such a blur. I mean, yeah. literally, I was going... It wasn't like I had one project to work on. That would have been nice. Right. <laughs> that would have been easy by comparison. <laughs> it was It was just one thing after another. Very frenetic in some ways. So what were the good parts? The good part was when the weekend came. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I know you're still reached... But aren't you still, like, actively... Reminding yourself to reach for a better thought, reach for a better thought. Oh, constantly, uh, yeah. I, I had a lot of practice well, that's this week. A, that's a win. That's this is true. Wins. You're right. That is. I should yeah. celebrate that. Because, that. Absolutely. I mean, it was a daily occurrence. It was an hourly occurrence some days. Some days it was minute to so minute. What were you, just to share with people, like, what, are you, what, what is your technique? Like, what are you saying to yourself? Oh, very simple. I need a better feeling thought. Yeah. And if I was in a really yeah. difficult situation, I shouted it. I'm and not kidding. Did it come to you? Sometimes, not always, but but mm -hmm. often, it, it, if it didn't come right away, it came soon. It came within you know thirty minutes, sixty minutes, something like that. That's um, great. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, just the, putting out that intention, I think, is wonderful. Oh yeah, and I can't say I always was able to bounce out of it, but even when I wasn't bouncing out of it, I would continue the pattern of saying, "I need a better thought. Come on, I need something better here." And and eventually yeah, it would come, yeah. you know. But sometimes I had to be a little persistent about it because, you know, there was that other part of me, the the monkey side of me, so to speak, that just kept, you know, beating myself over, over the bad stuff, right? Because that's what mm -hmm. we do so well, you know. So it, it was a bit of a challenge at times, but I like the fact that I'm doing it. I like it because Absolutely. it got me through some really sticky wickets, as the British would say. <laughs> 
It, it got yeah, me through yeah, some difficult yeah. situations that were a lot less difficult than they could have been. Um, I mean, one of the key things that happened to me was I've been dealing with these knee issues for a while, and, and I've been reading and t we've been talking with the various co-hosts here on the show about how sickness and injury are a direct result of prior thought processes. Mm -hmm. And when I, I injured my knees in February just by you know, around the house, it's not like I was doing anything athletic. And right, I right. know that my thought process ha <clears throat> had improved dramatically since I brought all you guys, all the guys on board. So we we're doing a weekly and even daily thing, rather. So that was good. But I, was, I had also some stuff going on that I didn't really talk about on the show that were right. weighing on me a lot. And yeah, I'm yeah, sure that yeah. contributed to, to this happening. So come spring, I said, okay, well, now I'm going to get out there. I'm going to go out and, you know, I'm going to do my walking. I'm going to do my bike riding and so on and so forth. Well, the walking... I couldn't do as consistently as I liked. And when I did do it, I'd re-injure the knee. In, oh, fact, I, wow. in fact, I've had issues with both knees. So that wasn't good. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, then I'm going to switch over to doing bike riding because biking, it's a lot mm -hmm. less stressful on knees and, and legs and so mm -hmm. forth, you know. So, okay, I started doing that. And that was good, but I still re-injured the knees. And mm -hmm. to the point where mm -hmm. this week, I actually took a few days off and then I went out to do, to do a ride and I, I had been away from it for so long that I just went for like a full-out ride, even though I really wasn't uh, up to speed for it because I was just so anxious to get out there. And sure enough, I re-injured my knee again. You know, so, oh <laughs> so, so, so there's a thing you can tell. I've got a pattern going on there that I still need to address, and that's one of the reasons why I've decided to do this 30-day uh, thing here in June to keep correcting my thoughts and getting myself into a better-feeling place because I know I'm setting myself up. I, I still haven't figured out exactly how. I can't say I've, I've put A and B together. I, I, right. I can't show you the right. exact cause and effect. I just know theoretically it must be happening. But I figure if I can right. stick you don't to wanna, it. And you don't want to go too deep into trying to figure it out because you'll just keep yourself in that vibration. Well, yeah, there's that too, right. Yeah, yeah. But, but my point is I can't explain it to you because I don't even know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. figure if I stick yeah. with this pattern of trying to find the, the better feeling thought and, and remember to do that each time when I'm starting to feel frustrated or down or... There were a couple of times I was feeling rushed. I mean, it was yeah. a challenging week in a number of different ways. And so each time that's happening, I'm, I'm trying to go for that better feeling thought. And the the thing about illness and injury that Abraham in particular teaches us is that it's not just that it was a prior thought. It can be prior thoughts from a ways back. So yeah. literally what I'm experiencing yeah. right now has to do with perhaps what I was thinking a week ago, perhaps a month ago, perhaps three months ago. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell yeah. exactly where that vibration is coming from, right? So I have to keep reminding myself, even though my knees got really bad this week, I mean, by by the weekend, I couldn't walk. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was hobbling. Oh. I was hopping around on one leg and, and doing it very gingerly because even hopping around was hurting the other leg. Oh, my goodness. And, and what I discovered was even though I, I couldn't really detect it through touching it and through, you know, feeling tissue and so forth, I actually had inflammation that was seizing up my leg. I probably should have known does, it because um, my, my, my legs were stiff. I mean, my knees Does stiff. icing it, like icing your knees help? Or? Well, that's what, I've been, that's what I've been doing this weekend, and, and that has been loosening it up. That plus I've been really focusing as hard as I can. I know I'm not going to pay attention to the pain. I'm going to feel what feels good, which is hard. I'm getting a firsthand uh, experience with how hard that is to do when you have, yes. you know, because yes. knee pain is a fairly chronic pain. And when you have a chronic yeah. pain, it just yeah. doesn't go away. I mean, there are nights I couldn't sleep. I, I couldn't find a comfortable position. So 
you know, you, you're really challenged in those situations. And I decided, you know what, even though it's a, a big challenge, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to really practice focusing where I wanted to focus and yeah. not allow myself to focus on pain. Now, I wasn't 100% yeah. successful, but I can tell I've made improvement. I mean, I can tell, how do, how do you describe it? Because it's, it's, it's not quantity, it's a qualitative difference. Um, Is your improvement improving the pain? Interestingly enough, yes, at times. What I have noticed is on those occasions where I manage to completely distract myself from the pain and focus purely for even a few moments on how I want to feel. And I'm using yeah. the, the method of my right leg feels good a large portion of the time, so I want my left leg to feel like the right leg, that kind of thing. On those occasions when I can do that, to the degree that I can stick to it with allow, without allowing myself to be distracted by the pain in some way or where the pain could be leading to, what possible further conditions that could be created and all that, to the extent that right. I can avoid that, I manage to lessen the pain in my leg. And then, and, and within seconds, I mean. And then the moment that I even inadvertently flick over to how painful it is or, you know, Jesus could even lead to something worse or whatever, the pain instantly increases. So I'm getting yeah. something that we've that yeah. many of us all have often wanted, which was an instant uh, response so that we can tell how we're doing. And let me tell you, it's not so easy. You think it would be easier to have that instant response. It really isn't. It's just as hard, maybe even a little bit harder. But it's a good opportunity because now at least I can practice. Okay, I know how I'm feeling right now. I know how I was feeling five minutes ago and what I'm feeling now is more pain and I know I can remember just in the last few minutes I was focusing more on the pain side pull myself back over to the to the feel good side I'm going to stay there and I stay there for a little bit and then I waver back up oh, nope I just do it again you know it's 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 an opportunity to practice bring myself over bring yeah. myself over you know yes definitely yeah definitely. that makes a difference with pain for sure it really does for yeah sure. And, and it's I mean, encouraging yeah, to know that um, that I can learn this. I, I can tell that I have now gotten to the point where I get fairly instant response. That, that, that's actually a fairly empowering thing. It doesn't mean I've got it licked yet. It just means, great, I've got a way no, to measure fantastic. it now. You know? Yes. And I, I went to the movies. Doing that is so good. I went to so the good. movies with an ice pack. I was watching the movie with, with an ice pack on my knee, and I just kept ah. adjusting the ice mm -hmm. pack. Yeah. And it helped, by and the you way. You were able to enjoy the movie. Well, not only that, I was able to walk into the theater, and I was able to walk out of the theater. No, this <laughs> well, is not. This is not a minor thing. Yeah. This is a major thing. Literally, yeah. I wasn't able to walk yesterday. Amazing. I was hopping yesterday wow. and walking with like a really pronounced limp. You know, where it would mm -hmm. it would have taken me if I was outdoors, going from like the house to the car, that kind of thing. It would have taken me five right. minutes to get to the car. Wow. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Today, yeah. I was able yeah. to get. Now, normally, I can get to the car in about ten seconds. Today, right. I was able to get to right. the car in about 20 seconds. So I wasn't up to full speed, okay. but I was a whole lot better than I was yesterday. That's much better. Huge yeah. better. Yeah, Good. so That's ice is now yeah. my friend. In fact, I'm going to get one of those uh, <laughs> cold packs you can put in the freezer, right? And, and you freeze it up yeah. and, you, and yeah. you, you just put it on. You don't have to get ice or anything like that. I'm going to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to any open houses today? No, no. No, I'm trying to stay off my feet, remember? <laughs> true, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's when you're injured, especially, and I'm pretty sure these are ligaments. I'm pretty sure I've got ligament issues. And ligaments mm -hmm. take, you know, the, the experts tell you ligaments take time to heal, but you actually have to let them heal. You can't just keep working them. I found that out the hard way. So I got to stay gonna, off my you'll feet. You'll have to be very careful then 
with any kind of exercise for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I won't be doing any biking or walking or anything for, for some time now until I get to the point where the pain is literally gone. And then I'll yeah. do it very carefully yeah. with some you know, exactly. very careful warm-ups and exactly. so forth. Yeah. What about could you could you swim? Because, you know, if you're in water, it might be easier. Probably could, except for one thing. I don't have any place to swim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just a little detail like a there. Town, like a town pool or something? No, or no, they don't have that kind of thing here. It'd be nice if they did. YM, but... YMCA or HA or something? I don't know. Uh, the closest YMCA is about 15 miles away. It's not real convenient. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> and it's in, mid- in the middle of Hartford, and it's not really a great part of town. <laughs> Not oh, Hart, Hartford see. isn't the happiest okay. city in the world. Hartford is kind of Trentonous, oh, really? if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh. I mean it's not yeah. quite as bad as Trenton, yeah. but it, it's not real happy. It's not a happy town. Well, <laughs> there's always a bathtub. <laughs> there's always a bathtub, right? Yes. Always a bathtub. Well, actually, no. I can't even. I, I, I would have to use cold water. You really can't do hot water because hot water will heat it up, and that uh. will increase the swelling. So, <laughs> so I can't even take a long well, shower. <laughs> I guess I'll stick with the ice. I have to stick with the ice. Yep. But it's working. Hey, I've got ice. something that works. That's the good news. That's right. Yes. You know? Yes. And you're not letting it interfere too much with your life. So I'm determined that it's not going to. I'm yeah. determined that uh, I'm going to get right. past it real soon and I'm going to be healthy again and I'll be uh, you know dancing the two step or whatever. <laughs> yes. What about what about any uh High vibration foods the past week. Anything happened there? Oh, probably, but I don't remember any. How about you? I've been doing all the talking. <laughs> Tell me what's going on with your life the last week. Well, I would say winds are... Um, I did get a new client, and she is from Israel. Oh, my. So wow. Yeah, that's kind of amazing, right? That um, she knows about law of attraction. She wants to know how to apply it in her life and such. And um, she just... Found me online, and uh, we just have to break it. You know, there's a it's seven hours later there, so um, yeah, time difference is tricky. To, yeah, we're just trying to find a time right. that uh, will work, but we will. So I thought that was very. I thought that was a win, not only to get a new client, but it's kind of cool. Like my first client in Israel. Yeah, how about that? That's great. <laughs> so that's kinda, yeah, that's good yeah. news. Yeah, and um, what other wins? Uh, Let's see. Today, oh, today I went to the mall and I got a parking like the first spot. Oh, look, right that's by. always fun. So that was like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was awesome. well. You always ask me about foods. How about foods? Any vibration foods? High vibration. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I had some good food this week. I, I don't think there was anything though where I was like, oh my god, this is <laughs> you know, this was like. Like sometimes there's like that one thing that's like wow, um, but that's okay. Actually, I'm you know sure what was high vibration? The fact that because yeah. Louise and I both get Louise had a fall. She got she fell in the shower and hit her head. It was kind oh, of scary. Oh no, is she okay? She's okay. Yeah, she's recovering nicely. Um, but oh, as a result, last night neither one of us were in any shape to do anything, and yet between the two of us, we managed to to scrape together some dinner. <laughs> And that I mean, is, scrape. I mean, we we could barely move. The two of us could barely move, and yet we finally. You, you know, with we, we your just, knee, yeah. You with your knee. And, yeah, I could hardly walk. Oh I could hardly goodness. stand, let alone walk. And she had you know, a, oh. a, a robin egg sized lump on the back of her head, which has since oh um, reduced. It's it's actually pretty much gone now, which is good. But 
Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit difficult. But we, we got dinner. We went to bed really early. <laughs> I think we needed to sleep. <laughs> I, I yeah, never take medication, but I took uh, ibuprofen last night to reduce the swelling so I could get a full night's yeah. sleep. And I did. I got a full night's sleep, which was remarkable considering okay. how much pain I was in That's during the day. Good. Yeah, so... You know, but you talk about high vibration food. High vibration food is relative. Sometimes it's just having the food because you managed to have the dinner. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I, was, I was there another when um, I went somewhere and there was a huge traffic jam and my GPS suddenly told me to exit. Ah. Then, you know, I wasn't in an area I was familiar with. So I said, well, okay. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes a GPS can tell you something and it's not necessarily the right thing so i just said okay i'll get off because i don't because to me i don't like sitting in traffic and it took me around this weird way but um i did eventually get to where i was going and i heard someone else say that they were in that traffic jam and they were stuck in it for an hour and a half wow yeah so i thought i thought to myself wow that was such a win that that's very good uh, yeah. the, that the gps got me off that road <laughs> yeah louise and i had an experience like that uh, a few months ago we went to visit our friends Anne yeah. Ray and mike who were contributors to the book um they live down in the middletown area and we took the road that we would normally take to go to middletown for some reason i had the the google maps gps going and about uh three or four exits before we would normally would go off it said take this exit <clears throat> I said, yeah. hmm, okay, well, that's interesting. We, and I think I had the GPS on because we were going to their Buttonwood Theater, which we'd never been to before. So, right. okay, you know, well, we'll take we'll take the exit. We'll, we'll do what it says. And as we took the exit, about 100 feet ahead of the exit, there was a line of red lights, taillights wow. from cars, just as far as the eye could see. And I thought, whoa, wow. how yeah. cool is that? Same thing. And we got we, we got there on time. We bypassed all the traffic. They got hung up for a long time, whoever was out there, and we yeah. didn't. <laughs> I know. Thank goodness for GPSs. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, Esther says. Esther says. Well, Abraham, we all have an internal GPS. This is true. Yeah, I'm still learning yeah. how to talk to mine, how to listen to it. But uh, you're right; it's there. It's just a question of learning to communicate with it. Yeah, an internal guidance system. That's right. Which lets lets us know if we're going in the right direction based on how we feel. And speaking of feeling, that's what we're talking about. We are this week continuing our conversation about the astonishing power of emotions. Let your feelings yep. be your guide by Esther and Jerry Hicks. We are up to example 11 in part two. And this one is entitled, My Friend Talks About Me Behind My Back. These examples are a series of examples of, of typical things that, you know, topics that have been raised by people who have visited the workshops and, and talked to Abraham. These are like a, a greatest hit, so to speak. Uh, some of the most popular things people have brought up. I never knew that there, there was all that talk about uh, my friend talking behind my back, but apparently there's been enough of it that they put an example in the book. So why don't you, you want to read it, yeah. David? Tell us what the example is all about. Sure. Okay. So example, I'm in high school and I have a friend. She's been my best friend as we've been growing up who for some reason seems to be deliberately trying to ruin my life. She acts like she's still my friend when she talks to me, but then I hear things that she has been saying about me from other people. She tells others that I say things I don't say just to try to get me into trouble with them. The worst part of it is I don't know who she's talking to about me or what she's telling them, and so I can't defend myself. And now I'm totally paranoid because I worry what everyone I see has heard 
one of her lives. Why is she doing this? And how can I make her stop it? Well, wouldn't that be like horrible? <laughs> well, it actually sounds like high school, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. that's very uh, reflective of what high school is like uh, when I was there. So it doesn't sound like it changed a whole lot. But anyway, what, what does Abraham <laughs> have to say? Okay, so Abraham says, we know you, you do not want to hear this right now, but we want you to understand that you are asking the wrong questions here. If you spend much time trying to figure out why she is doing this, you will only hold yourself in the vibration of it longer and begin to attract more of it until you may find yourself with more than one friend behaving in this way. Mm. Wow. Trying to get another person to stop doing something is truly a futile endeavor because even if you had the physical strength or clout to demand a behavioral change, in that effort, you offer a vibrational output that completely contradicts your true desire and you only get even more out of balance. Instead of asking others to change their behavior, your power is in your changing your reaction to their behavior. You have no control over their behavior, but you do have complete control over your reaction to it. A very common wow. Abraham thing to say. They say it a lot in the books. They say it a lot in the workshops. But it certainly goes contrary to what we normally think is you know, how you handle a situation like that, right? Right. Cause, yeah, because we're not told this. So we see other people just like reacting to other people, other people's nonsense. and. We don't realize, like, oh, there's another, there's another choice here. Like, I don't have to react this way. I don't have to get caught up in it. I can control my reaction. And more importantly, that, that controlling that reaction actually makes a difference. It actually changes the circumstances. Absolutely. See, that's the part. I wish they kind of emphasized that more because that's the part that's the hardest part to recognize and to understand that it's going to happen. I mean, your first reaction when you're told, well, focus on your own reaction is, well, that's just, you know, that's closing the barn door after the horse is left. That doesn't actually do anything to get the horse back. But it actually does. And yeah. that's the part that needs yeah. a lot more attention. Hopefully they're going to give some attention to it. But uh, they, that, that's well, yeah, one thing I've noticed. I think, as it, I think as it goes on, maybe it kind of explains it more. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's see. see. But, yeah, it goes on to say, as you give your attention to something, you activate a vibration within you that matches whatever you are focused upon. So if you are focusing upon something that aligns with who you really are, you feel good when you focus upon it because the two vibrational aspects of your being are aligned. If whatever you are giving your attention to makes you feel bad, it means that the two aspects of your being are out of alignment. As you understand that the alignment within you is all you need to pay attention to, and as you work to maintain that alignment, not only will you feel good more of the time, but also more things in your life will go the way you want them to go. So they hint at it with that last line, more things in your life will go the way you want them to go. Yes. Yes. And getting back, in a, which they've said before with other examples, getting back in alignment like you with you. Like right. Like your the source energy part of you with the this reality part of you. Right. But it'd be great. Would you, say that's what you're, would you say that's what you're doing when you say, give me a better thought, give me a better, you're kind of reaching to get back into alignment? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, in a big yeah. way. That, that's, that's the number one goal. Um, 
that I, and the reason for the goal is is why I'm I'm kind of hoping that they they specify in here a little bit more about that because in my words when I'm more in alignment all good things happen for me and yeah. in ways that I don't expect and it, it can include and you feel better right and well I feel, feel better, better for one thing yeah that's the first thing that happens but even situations where I don't like somebody's treating me in a certain way or I don't like what's happening or whatever those situations end up changing that, that's yeah. sort of the magic part, right? That's sort of the part that, you know, we, we kind of look at, like, how on earth did that happen? But it's what happens. And it's the hardest part of law of attraction from my perspective in terms of understanding how the whole thing works. Because, well, how how could it be that if I change my behavior, different things happen to yeah. me? That, that, that's yeah. like the initial reaction, right? And yet, that's precisely what happens. Yeah, yeah. But when you start experiencing it, you kind of understand it more. You do, although even then it takes a while because unless you have a, a continuous series of examples where every single time you are clear that your positive vibrational alignment made the difference, until that happens, there's still always the doubt that crops in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're getting to experience that, so every time you say, give me a better thought and you find it and you kind of feel better, that's kind of... Uh, Every time that happens, yeah. Like I said, it doesn't always happen on command. It's happening a lot more than it ever did. The frequency is much better than it used to be. But I can't say every time that I asked for that that better feeling place that that I got the better feeling thought. It didn't always come. Sometimes it was like a void. (laughs) And and looking back, I know it's because I I wasn't really doing anything to change my vibrational behavior. I was just saying, give me the better thought. I don't want to have to change anything. Just give me the better thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that's a All right, let portion. me continue on here. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes on. Many people, as they realize that we are asking them to do the changing by controlling their own point of focus, complain. But what about the person who's telling the lies? Shouldn't something be done about that? Ah. Why are you Why are you asking me to adjust my thoughts when she is the one who's doing something wrong? Yeah. Now we're getting right? to the meat that's of most it. Most people. Yeah. The answer to those valid questions is very simple. If your happiness depends upon changes that others make, then you will never be happy. For there will always be a need for more people to make more changes. Yes, I totally, I get that. I get that. That's, that's not an easy one to get, though. That's a tough get. Because it's yeah, still, it's a, I mean, it, from the point of view of somebody who's raising the objection, well, what about them? What about them? That really doesn't address <laughs> them. It only addresses me. It uh, doesn't fix them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, like, I'm, you know, I'm always coaching people in that direction. Like, we can't rely on outside circumstances to keep us happy. We can't. Not that, not that it's not wonderful when something does happen. You know, that does, that is good and exciting. And oh, of course, happy about it. Yeah, we love that. But right, but we can't. We have to rely from within. So we have to keep ourselves happy. We can't rely on outside. Plus, if we keep ourselves happy, we attract circumstances and experiences that support that in fact the way they said it if your happiness depends on changes that others make then you will never be happy another way of saying the same thing is if you continue to look for other people to make changes in order to be happy you'll never get there yeah even if you were to somehow be able to magically wave your wand this is the thing that i think makes the difference (laughs) for me if you could wave your magic wand and suddenly their behavior changed you still wouldn't be happy that's yeah. a really important point because we 
I think there's a, a, a deep belief that if we could somehow change the other person's behavior, we would get happier. And yet that's not true. And the reason we know that, that that's not true is on those occasions where we have been practicing this stuff and, and learning the importance of being in that high vibrational place and learning how to move our emotional set point, that's when we, be we really begin to learn and to realize and to understand that we're always the ones who move our own emotional set point. Nobody ever moves it for yeah. us. We are yeah. the only ones who do it. And and that's especially an uncomfortable place to be. Like, yeah, people don't, especially at the beginning, people don't, want to take that kind of responsibility oh, yeah. <laughs> for themselves. Absolutely. They're like, no, I need other people <laughs> to, to keep me happy. It's like, no, it's really your responsibility. It, it's, it's an kind amazing like, concept. It's a hard concept that our happiness is never dependent on what somebody else does, even though it seems you know at times that it does. I mean, there, we yeah. can all point to, to situations where, you know, somebody gave us a birthday present. Oh, that made me happy. No, well, I, I I met right. my 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 lover, and my lover gave me a kiss that made me happy. You know that we we can point to lots of things like that and say, oh no, no, the other person made me happy. It takes a lot of self honesty, really, to finally get to the point where you realize, no, even in those cases, I'm the one who made me happy. And you know yeah. what I find, and maybe maybe you find that I find that when I kind of really got that, it's so freeing. I just felt it was so oh, yes. freeing, like. Yes. Like, wow, that feels so downstream. Well, it's empowering. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But, you, I mean, I, and I guess I'm still, you know, I don't, maybe it's something you continually get at deeper levels as time goes on. But I've at least gotten it enough where I thought, wow, that's so freeing to really get that and to really take that kind of responsibility for yourself. Yeah, I, I think you know, it's a I'm common one, reaction. I'm the one that has to keep myself happy. Absolutely. I think it's a common reaction to, you know, to feel like, well, if I am expected to always be in control of my own happiness, then I can never really be happy. That that's kind of like the that nobody ever actually nobody says that. Nobody ever actually argues that. But that's kind of at the back of our thoughts, isn't it? When we're still in the early stages of this stuff of learning this stuff because it it seems like our happiness was dependent on what happened to us. And well, we don't right, give up you, for you know, for a lot many 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 years we're thinking that outside circumstances... It's all outside circumstances, yeah. It's, so it so takes a while this, to overcome like, that. I mean, there, there's a lot of unlearning to do there, in a sense, because all those times we previously associated whatever our mood with was with whatever the circumstances were. And because yeah. of those circumstances, we, we figured, oh, whatever the circumstances are, that's what controls our mood. And, and that, that's deeply mm -hmm. ingrained in us from a very early age. So yeah. hearing this kind of, of, of thought process and, and believing in the idea, exploring the idea, even trying out the idea that we are the ones who always choose our emotional state at all times, that's, that's mm -hmm. a big shift to make. It's not an easy one to make, and it takes time sometimes. Yes, yes. So continuing on, they say, um, as you look around, you will see a never-ending number of things over which you have no control. But if you will learn to turn your own thoughts in the, in the direction of your own personal vibrational harmony, you will achieve a personal alignment within yourself. And not only will you feel better in that alignment, but in that alignment, you will be offering a single powerful vibrational signal to which the law of attraction is responding. And no matter what the intentions of others are, even if their intentions are about you, 
they will not be able to override the powerful current of alignment that you have achieved. We like to say that when you are tuned in, tapped in, and turned on to source energy, that is truly who you are. And when that is your state of being, only that which you consider to be good can be your experience. You simply tune those with negative intentions out of your experience. That, I always like that expression. It's tuned good. In, tapped and turned on. Yeah, they use that one a lot, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I want to be tuned in, tapped in, and turned on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's and it's interesting that when you are in that kind of vibration, that tuned in, tapped in, turned on vibration, like they're saying, that one, you, that can't be, be part of your experience, like somebody being negative around you or something. And it's true. I mean, we, we do learn that, don't we? I mean, those of us who've been practicing this stuff for some amount of time, we learned that we really can make that shift. And it's not always easy. Sometimes we don't make it the first try or even the second or third or fourth try. But if we stick to it, we can make the shift, even in the face of yeah. some overwhelming stuff, even in the face of chronic pain, as I've been practicing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So it goes on. When someone is deliberately telling lies about you, it is an indication of their lack of self-appreciation. For no one who is in alignment with their source energy would do such a thing. Many would suggest that you do what you can do to help this person feel better, especially since she has been your friend for such a long time. That may very well be something that you would like to do since you may want her to begin feeling better, but it is important to realize that if you attempt to offer your soothing from your awareness that your friend is out of balance, that you will amplify the out-of-balance aspect of your friend, and things will just get worse. Now, let's talk about that for a moment here, this idea of amplifying the out-of-balance aspect of your friend, because earlier they said you have no control over their behavior, but you do have complete control over your reaction to it. Now, yeah. they're, now they're adding to it that you have the ability to influence them by amplifying whatever aspect they're dealing with, in this case, an out-of-balance aspect. Yes, yes. This is where um, the idea of an influence comes from. You can't control somebody else through law of attraction. You see people posting about that all the time. How did I control my, my boyfriend? How did I get my, my ex back? You know, the law of attraction, <laughs> make him come back. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. you can influence them, yeah. but you can't make them. Yeah, yeah. And the influence, take, they use the word amplify, and I think that's the, the best description they, they give. Influencing means amplifying what's going on with them. But it's interesting that they say it's just going to get worse. Well, in this case, it's going to because they're out of balance. Yeah. And and I don't yeah. think they've done it yet. They may do it here. I'm not sure if they do it here or not. But what they often say is if you want to help somebody, you well, actually they're going to say it in the next paragraph. Why don't you read the next paragraph? I can see it right there. Oh, okay. Okay. So then uh, Abraham goes on to say, you must see the positive aspects of your friend in order to help her. And before you can see the positive aspects of your friend, you must be in alignment with who you really are. So the process of reaching for thoughts that provide downstream relief is a process to help you to feel better. And if you will focus only upon feeling better, you will have done all that is necessary and all that you can do. And it is enough. So that's well, what I, I think you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish they'd kind of say it in reverse order. Because the way I'd express it is, if you focus upon only feeling better, what you will end up doing is 
through feeling better, you will see the positive aspects of your friend and you will therefore amplify those positive aspects. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That might have been a better way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I didn't write it. See, I'm, I, they, they just yeah. should have asked me. That's all. <laughs> that's right. Well, you can channel. You can probably channel. <laughs> all right. So that goes on with some examples. So begin where you are. And here's some thoughts they're suggesting. So begin yeah, where you are. These are like the, the, uh, the downstream thoughts. Or these are the upstream thoughts, I believe. Okay, let's find out. My so-called friend makes things up to deliberately make trouble for me. That's yeah, that's upstream. That's upstream. Yep. I don't know why she's doing that, and I don't know how to make her stop. Yeah, she's no longer really my friend. Yeah, it is upstream. A friend wouldn't do that to a friend. Definitely upstream. Yep. So they go on to say, yeah, valid and true, but not helpful. Reach for some thoughts that give you some relief. And here's okay. some of those thoughts. People tend to believe negative rumors. I don't know who she's been talking to or what she's actually saying. Well, she's let go of the so oars, guess, but she's but, still going upstream still. The boat hasn't turned yet. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's still, yeah. This might be true, but you have no way of controlling any of that. So you are only holding yourself in an upstream resistant position by pointing that out. Remember, your objective is to find relief, not to restate the existing condition. Ah, good important. point. Yeah. Your objective is to find relief, not to restate the existing condition. So now we're going to let go of the oars and watch the boat turn. Okay, so here's a little bit more downstream thoughts. She isn't talking to everyone. If she's constantly negative, people who want to feel good will avoid her. True points. Yeah, many people are able to consider the source even when they hear a negative conversation. Very good. That's true. People probably aren't as interested in spreading negative gossip about me as I might think. Excellent. I'm actually not the center of everyone's world. Yeah, those, those, are, <laughs> those are definitely downstream thoughts. Now he's letting go. And now those are better. Yeah, those yeah. are better. So it says, this shows slight improvement in the way you feel. Try to benefit from the slight momentum you have begun. This could very well be a wonderful opportunity for you to tune your thoughts to the most positive aspects of the people in your circle of friends. If one of them were to hear one of these negative rumors from your disruptive friend and confront you about it, if you are in alignment with who you really are, she would be able to tell right away that you are not part of the rumor. But when you are angry about it and feel defensive, it is not possible to determine if you started the rumor or just felt angry about it after you heard about it. Your vibration is the same either way. Well, I want to emphasize something here. It's actually more likely that if you're feeling angry about it and you're projecting anger, people are going to think that you're part of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're actually being very up. diplomatic about it, saying, well, no one can tell for sure. Actually, I think people will be able to tell, and they'll be able to tell you're a part of it, even if you aren't. Yeah. Yeah. If you tune your thoughts to the most positive aspects of the people you know... In time, no one would even think of believing that a negative rumor about you had any truth. They would simply say, if they want to hear such a rumor, that doesn't sound like her. I don't believe she would say that. And they would be right. <laughs> and here's some more, I'm assuming, more downstream thoughts. Yes. I want my friend to feel better. It's so nice to have really good friends. Everyone has good days and bad days. I like knowing that good days can be predominant. I like knowing that the law of attraction sorts it all out. And I like knowing that nothing to the contrary of the law of attraction could ever happen. 
I like knowing that I can control how I feel. I'm all right in knowing that I cannot control how others think or feel. I hope my friend feels better. I'm not worried about it. It's all good. Now, to be fair, that's a pretty strong shift from where this person hypothetically <laughs> was. That That's yes. a pretty big shift. This is like a fantasy, a fantasy downstream. Well, it's an ideal situation, <laughs> an ideal scenario. Ideally, exactly. you want to get that yeah. far. You want to get to that place. I, I guess yeah. my message is if you don't quite get to that place, first try, don't worry about it. You will eventually. Yeah, yeah. But, but certainly don't example, get to it It's an example. It gives an example about how <laughs> in a perfect situation you could work with this. I just don't want people to feel discouraged because you know, they don't actually get there or they don't see how to get there right away. Well, don't worry about that. You know, th yeah. This is ideally where you want to get to, but if you don't get there right away, don't worry about it. You know, Just work for, yeah. go, go as far as you can go. This is not uh, – that, that's the thing. The, these kinds of exercises that, that they talk about in this book and in their other books, they're not one-offs, right? They, they, right? This is right. like something right. that you do regularly. In fact, ideally, yeah, not, you do it daily. Like you said, they're, the not, they're not things that you would necessarily <laughs> get relief for in one second. Like you, do you don't every. necessarily get relief. And you don't necessarily change the habit right away either. The point but is, it gives you the general idea, though, of what to do. So. And the point is to do it regularly. In yeah. fact, I would say the most common source of difficulty that people have with applying the law of attraction in their lives, based on what I see in the, the big uh, Facebook groups on law of attraction, is that they don't do it regularly throughout their day. You know, they set aside one portion of the day to do their aff affirmations. And they do their affirmations, and they do them thoroughly. And then they wonder why things aren't turning around for the better in all ways. They don't do it throughout the rest of the, the rest of their day. They're countering it. <laughs> the rest of the day, they're going back into their old pattern of you know feeling negative and you know pissy or... You know, just feeling bad and focusing on the stuff they don't want and all that kind of thing. You got to make this yeah. a regular practice. This is something, this is not just like something you do in the morning. It isn't like you do your oh, morning oh. exercise. You know, I don't do much, just my, um, more, my mirror exercise and just leave it and I'm done for the day. <laughs> well, and it ties in with um, reminding us that the law of attraction is always responding to us. That's right. Which is why, which is why it's super important to always practice these processes and ideas that we talk about because it's not just responding to us when we think about it. <laughs> it's always responding to us. It's a vital point. The law of attraction always attracts everything into our lives. We have this tendency to think in terms of the law of attraction only applying when we want it to apply. <laughs> right. I remember that example I told you where I got a call from a potential client and they were, they wanted my help in attracting a relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, well, what's your experience with the law of attraction? And they said to me, well, I tried it for a few weeks, but it didn't work. So I know I don't think it really works. <laughs> so I said, well, I don't know where you got your information from, but trying it for a few weeks and it didn't work is not how it works. <laughs> so I, I, I always I thought that uh, I, I've only done a little bit of direct coaching myself and certainly not on a professional basis for any you know major stretch of time like you do. But I, in the limited experience that I have and in conversations I have with people, my guess is that it's very valuable to you as a coach to know and understand that the law of attraction always works. 
because it gives you a really great, great way of finding out what it is the person's been thinking on. All you got to do is listen to what oh, it is yeah. they're telling you is going is, is <laughs> the result in their lives, and you know exactly what they've been thinking about. Yeah, I mean, and, and that particular example I gave you after I educated the person a little bit more uh, about law of attraction and such, then they were like, "Oh, like I don't know, you know, I don't know who coached them about that relationship thing, but." They were like, oh, no wonder why, you know, I kind of gave up and I thought it didn't work. And I'm, I'm like, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something you try for a few weeks and then whatever didn't manifest for you. So you're like, oh, well, it didn't work. Never mind. <laughs> like, it's a law. It's the law of attraction. That's a sometimes law of attraction. Right. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, but it's not amazing that yeah. when we try yeah. something, first of all, when, when somebody says I tried it for a few weeks. Isn't it true that for the average person, <laughs> the image that comes to your mind is they really did it 100% of the time for two weeks and they didn't work and so they quit? Isn't, it, isn't that what most people think? When in reality, what likely happened is for a few weeks, they tried it for a few minutes a day and then the rest of the time they went Probably. back to their default pattern yeah. and they didn't get yeah. the result they were looking for. But that's exactly. not the way most people think about it when they hear, oh, well, I tried it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, Oh, that means you totally aren't understanding how it works. Then you know, it's not <laughs> well. Not just that you're not understanding. You're not. You're not applying it. <laughs> you're not applying it consistently. Right. Yeah. But you know what's funny about the, before when I said this is this is the fantasy version when we were talking about this example. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, remember? I don't know if you watched this, but when I was a kid. There was a show called Fantasy Island. Yeah. You ever watched that? Where like you know someone. People would show up and all their dreams would come true or whatever. Yeah, Ricard- Ricardo uh, Montalban, wasn't it? Yeah, and I thought, wouldn't, there be, wouldn't it be cool if there was a show called Law of Attraction Island? <laughs> <laughs> where, you were, <laughs> where you where you get on a little plane and you're, you're taken there. And when you're on the Law of Attraction Island, you can't help but focus on what you want. And you can't help <laughs> but, but attract what you want. And it, that would be interesting. Well, it might be interesting. Actually, it... If it happened the way you just described, where you could only you you would end up only focusing on one thing because you could only focus on the one thing, the thing that you're trying to attract. No, not the one. No, you wouldn't focus on one thing, but you would be. It would be like it would be kind of like you're in your vortex, and you it would just you would just somehow because it's Law of Attraction Island, you would somehow just naturally gravitate towards keeping yourself feeling good and focusing on what you want and attracting what you want. And so so people would, uh, they'd be in a Machu Picchu kind of a mode. And because of the energy <laughs> of the place, they, they'd find themselves really, really focusing on uh, just the thoughts they want to control and so forth. And not lying yeah, themselves. And all these things that we talk about would just easily occur, mm. easily happen in everyone's mind. <laughs> I don't know, maybe you could produce Love Attraction Islands. I'm know. not so well, I, I'm not sure that... There's a part of me that says that's not a good idea. And the reason I say really? that, yeah, yeah, the reason I say that is it's really better to learn to do it yourself. And in the situation that we're describing, it's almost like there's an outside force that's doing it for us. No, they would. Well, that's what I'm saying. They would. Like, it would all somehow click. And then, like, if someone wanted to manifest a relationship, it would happen on Law of Attraction Island. Like, they would just. Somehow, all the things I heard about love attraction would somehow click, and they would start focusing on who they wanted, and get all excited about it. And then they're on the beach, going for a swim, and out of the blue, so, so <laughs> their perfect their their perfect mate appears 
as the sun is setting and <laughs> they start talking and they realize they have so much in common. They go on a date that night and it all just works out. <laughs> That's the first episode of Law of Attraction Island. Uh-huh. I don't know who would star who would who would star them. I don't think it makes any difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, oh God, I mean, you you wouldn't be concerned that because it came, I'll describe it as being too easily, more easily than it would in their everyday lives, that they wouldn't no. feel dependent upon it in some way, and then all of a sudden they leave the island, and now all of a sudden they can't do it anymore? No, but once they leave the island, because when they were on the island, they, everything kind of clicked. It's not like they would just lose it just because they leave the island. It's just, it was kind of a magic. So you don't, think they'd, you don't think they'd fall back to their old habits then? No, so when they when they come back when they leave Law of Attraction Island and the plane, you know, they land in in wherever they're from, they still may, they still have all the tools that they that and everything still stays the same. Everything still clicks. So when they come back to this reality, then they still remember it and they they at least know what to do to keep themselves at a high vibration and focus on what they want and not have a lot of resistance. That'll be really cool. <laughs> anyway. I just thought it was funny. I thought about that. <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting concept. Um, not quite sure how it would work out, but it's an interesting concept. <laughs> well, we have to get a bunch of law of attraction writers in the in the writing room, and we'll come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, that I just, just means we don't want to have that. five of you and five of me in the room because we'll never come to agreement on what the story's about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> but fantasy island was, a li- I guess, a little bit like that. Like, well, it was, somebody yeah. would go. And they want whatever they want, and by the end of the episode, <laughs> they would have it. Or whatever. Well, there was a Star Trek episode like that too. It was a it was a recreation planet, and the planet existed yeah. just as, it was a it was a go to destination, you know, like uh, Monte Carlo or you know the Bahamas or something right. like that. And the the crew beamed down. They thought they were on a regular away mission, and everything that they thought about appeared before them. And pretty soon they were in. in Fights with lions and tigers and armies and all kinds of craziness was going oh, on. Oh, because that's what they were thinking about. That's what they were thinking, they were about, thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Wow. And, and then, and then finally, one of the curators of the place shows up and explains to them, "No, no, you don't seem to understand. This is a place of recreation. You can have whatever you want here." <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if um, what was the guy's name who who created Star Trek? I wonder if he was Gene Roddenberry to the law of attraction. Yeah, Gene Roddenberry. Maybe he was. I don't know. I've wondered about that actually in the past because he he certainly did include concepts that were consistent with the law of attraction in his in his scripts. But by the same token, a lot of his scripts worked against it. So I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not really (laughs) sure. Whoever whoever wrote that particular episode must have been right. All I knew is he he had good taste in women because he he married Nurse Chapel. (laughs) (laughs) Major Barrett was his wife. (laughs) <laughs> now his real wife was the voice of one of the computers yeah. the well computers. both yeah, she, yeah. Uh, his wife was the voice of the computer and his wife was also nurse chapel in the original series she was both oh okay yeah <laughs> that is so funny yep well it worked out for both of them she also did a lot of the, uh, the 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 narration things, like you know, last time on Star Trek: The Next Generation or something like that. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Angel Barrett played a significant role in terms of uh, the development of the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is she still alive? I'm not sure. 
I wouldn't be surprised if she is. I know Jean passed a number of years ago, but I, I don't really know. Huh. Couldn't tell you. So you're a big, are you a big Trekkie? Oh, not like I was. I I, I was but never the type be? to go to a convention or something like that, you know, or dress up or anything like that. But oh, I did okay. watch so all. You were I, into it, though. I was into it. I mean, I watched all of the original series. I watched pretty much all of Star Trek The Next Generation. I've seen the movies. I, I watched some of the later uh, Star Treks. The latest one I didn't watch hardly at all. Um, but right. yeah, for, for quite some time I was into it, yeah. It's so funny because when I was a kid, my brothers were, I was, I'm the youngest, my brothers were all into Star Trek. And for some reason, I don't know, I just never clicked with it at that age. And later on as an adult, I went to this, um, kind of like this holistic spa in California for a few weeks. And I became very good friends at the time with uh, my neighbor at the spa. And I kept noticing she wasn't going to like the meat because all the meals were in this communal dining room. Mm -hmm. And like the, I don't know, fourth day in, someone came up to me and they said, do you know who that is you've been hanging out with? And I'm like, I, you know, I knew who they were talking about. I said, no. They were like, that's Ahura from Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Nichelle, it was Nichelle Nichols. I just, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, and maybe that's why like, she liked me at the time because she probably could tell like, I had no idea who she was. <laughs> probably that, that certainly helped your case. I would think. Yeah. But anyway, I thought I was, that was interesting. Like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, of course my, bro <laughs> my brothers were very impressed, but <laughs> well, she was also a barrier breaker. She was one of the very first African-American women to have a significant yeah. role that was a positive role, not a servant, not a, a field right. worker, but but a, a significant high level role in a television series. Yes, amazing, right? And yeah. she was so nice, like so nice, so down to earth, which is why I, you know I got along with her during that time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's true. That's a, she had, that was amazing for her to uh, achieve that at the time. That was that was a big deal for Gene Roddenberry too. He was determined to use the series to try to break through some racial barriers, you know, mm -hmm. stere stereotype mm -hmm. barriers, and he managed to do that. There was actually an episode he did that was about racism. Oh he, wow! He introduced a, a planet that the, the the Enterprise visited, where there were two races, and one race was trying to uh, enslave and defeat the other race, and the difference between them. Mm. The one race had a face that was black on one side and white on the other side, and the other race right. was the reverse. Huh. <laughs> so okay. they both had black and white faces, but the ones who had, I don't remember which one it was, but whoever had the, the white face on the on the one side, they were the superior race. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But he turned what it into it quite end? the peril. I hope, had a peace, I hope it had a peaceful ending. I don't know. <laughs> it did have a peaceful ending, and... I, I can't remember exactly how the whole thing went, but it, it was designed to be a parable on racism. And right, it, right, it did a nice right. job it, it, because basically it wasn't until the end that, that you found out why it was that one group was at war with the other. It was because they were, one was white on the left side, the other one was white on the right side. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Well, we are out of time, but this has been great, and I look forward to doing it again with you next week. Yes, and if anybody wants some wonderful Law of Attraction coaching, they can go to lifecoachdavid.com, and they can contact me through there. Sounds great, and we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Bye.